You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 297. Today, I'm sharing with you the introvert's survival guide to online business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here of the Mind Your Business Podcast. It's Monday. So happy Monday. Hope you are off to a fantastic week. Now, I'm going to get right into it today. I'm actually recording on the road. I'm here at an event in LA, not too far from home for me, and right at LAX. And, you know, events and things like this always inspire conversations around introvert versus extrovert. And for those of you who don't know, yes, I am an introvert. And today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So I'm just going to give a huge, big, fat disclaimer. If you're an extrovert, you're going to hate this conversation. Now, hate is a strong word, of course, but it's not going to be relevant to you. (laughs) I am having this conversation specifically with my introvert friends. And it's adorable that some extroverts love to think they're an introvert, but you're not. (laughs) That's okay. There's nothing good, bad, right or wrong about it. You are what you are. But I'm just here to say that if you are an extrovert, it's going to be very little relevance to you. Unless, of course, you have a dear, dear friend or loved one in your life that is an introvert and you'd love to understand them a little bit better. This is an opportunity to do so because one of the things that we'll get into, my introverts, is that extroverts don't really get us. And that's a big part of the conversation we're going to have today. So, that's my disclaimer. So, if you are an extrovert and you're like, nope, not for me, this might be an episode for you to skip. But this is a topic that's something that's very near and dear to me because it all started, well, I mean, it started with from a very young age, but the specific story that really changed everything for me was when I was at a small networking event about 12 years ago. No, it was about 10 years ago. I think it was 2008, 2009. And at the end of the event, this gentleman came up to me, this kind of tall, skinny, lanky gentleman came up to me and he started talking to me in a bizarre way. He started almost predicting my behavior and kind of predicting how I was thinking and why I was making the decisions I was making in my life and the tendencies and preferences that I had in my life. And it almost felt as if someone was, um, it was like a combination of like a crystal ball reader, you know, telling your fortune combined with like cold reading, which some people say maybe those are the same thing, but I totally felt like somebody had read my soul. And I was so impressed. I was also very relieved in a sense because up until that point in my life, I had felt very misunderstood in the world. I lived my life. I mean, here I was in my mid to late 20s. I think I was 26 and just kind of had made up the decision that something was wrong with me. And the reason I had made up the decision that something was just wrong with me And very logically so. It's like clearly something's wrong with me. Is that I was very observant and noticed that most people, especially people my age, people I went to high school with, they weren't like me. They weren't like me at all. That I was different. That they had certain tendencies, skills, abilities, preferences, likes, dislikes, interests. That was a big one, like interests. Like how they lived their life, how they wanted to live their life. What do they wanted to do with their time that I wanted nothing to do with. And really, I spent so much of my time trying to be like everybody else. And so, this person for the first time just like read into my soul. And I was like, how do you know this? What do you, are you spying on me? Are you a psychic? And he goes, no, I, I know how to speed read people. 
and I use uh, Myers-Briggs. And he goes, and you're an INTJ. And I was like, a what, a who? <laughs> and um, long story short, I went home and I took an online test. And I remember taking that online test and pressing submit. I'll never forget, I was so nervous to press submit to that test because what this person had shared with me about what an INTJ was and what an introvert was, I started to fall in love with it and I was afraid that maybe that wasn't me. And sure enough, I pressed submit and bam, the results page popped up and it said INTJ. And I continue to read the description and it was more of the same, like that same experience, like someone finally got me. And INTJ specifically is a really rare personality type. Uh, in the Myers-Briggs world, it's said that it's between one of the, between this and INFJ, the two rarest personality types. So there was obviously a lot of reason or logic behind my reason to kind of throw my hands up and surrender to this idea that there's something wrong with me. That changed my life because in an instant, I went from a world or a paradigm of there's something wrong with me. Like, I don't want to go out and hang out with people all the time. I don't want to go to bars. You know, I'm still young and I don't want to go to parties and I don't want to do all these things, but let me force myself to do it. Let me do all these things I don't want to do so that I can try and fit in and cope with this idea that there's something wrong with me. That was my world. And within minutes from reading this description, it completely flipped. I went from there is something wrong with me to I'm special and we're all special. And if you're still here listening, chances are it's because you either think you're an introvert or you know you're an introvert and, you know, we are special as introverts. I mean, everyone's special in their own special way. But we live in an extroverted world. There are stats and studies that say anywhere from, I think it's like 20 to 30% of the population are introverts, which means we live in an extroverted world. The majority of people around us, if you're in a group of two other people, chances are they're extroverts, right? So we're the minority compared to extroverts. And so, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Well, I have a fantastic episode that has become a classic staple here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. It was the 20th episode I did. Uh, episode 20, we'll link it up in the show notes. And it's a really fun episode that actually walks you through a test. I, I actually don't recommend people taking the test uh, online or anything like that. Because when you take the test online, it, it doesn't really have you understand why the questions are being asked. And I think it really helps to understand because people change in different contexts. People adapt, you know, like people kind of learn new habits and behaviors based on their phase in life, their career. You know, maybe you become a parent, your identity changes and a lot of the behaviors of who you naturally were growing up are no longer present because you had to find a way to change. Like maybe you were really unorganized and messy and didn't finish things. And now you're like in a big corporate job with a lot of responsibility. You had to find a way to get the job done. And it really helps to understand the questions that are being asked, why the questions are being asked the way they're asked instead of just taking a test blindly. Because I'm also of the ilk that your personality type doesn't change. It's just like if you were born right-handed, you're right-handed. You can still learn how to do something with your left hand, but you're still right-handed. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but episode 20 is an opportunity for you to uncover your type, Myers-Briggs. And so that's really what where introvert comes from. And so if you don't know yet, that might be a place to start and come back here because I'm not really going to go into are you an introvert or are you not? We will define it, of course, but this is really an episode on how to be an introvert in an extroverted world and more specifically in an extroverted business world because chances are if you're like me and you want to have a business similar to mine you know online business thought leader influencer course creator and when you look around at the people you follow that you look up to that you model that you learn from look at them they're selling 
They're popular. You know, they've got all these fans and followers. They're posting all the time. They're commenting all the time. You've heard these things like your network is equal to your net worth, right? They're always doing. They're always going. They're speaking, interviewing, presenting. They've got a team, so they're managing and leading. And it's like, for some introverts, if not most, that just sounds intimidating and exhausting. And we might have just thrown up our hands and said, that's not for me. I'm not cut out for those type of things. And today's episode, I want to dispel all those myths and kick those limiting beliefs to the curve and let me be the proof of what's possible for you if you're an introvert grappling with some of those beliefs and misconceptions because I am an introvert and a lot of people think I'm not. I've had a lot of people that know a ton about personality types say, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. In fact, there's a lot more introverts in our industry than maybe you even realized. And the argument I'm going to make is not just how to thrive as an introvert entrepreneur, but that really it is our place where we can thrive. This isn't just a survival guide. It's a thrival guide. But it really was what I called home. Like, oh, this was made for me. Because one of the things that introverts crave is more independence, more freedom. And running our own online business definitely gives us that. And, you know, based on our whole idea, our through line of building a business by design, that gives you a freedom to design it the way you want. We're going to talk about a lot of the things that I've struggled with being an introvert. I still struggle with too. And we'll just dispel a lot of myths. I'll give some tips and pointers and we're just going to have a great conversation around it. But it's also just an opportunity for you to notice what beliefs and misconceptions are coming up for you about being an introvert. Because I'm an introvert, I can't this, or it's too hard to this, or it's not possible for me to do that. Because some of those I'll agree with, some of those I won't. Some of those are just understanding who you are. Well, some of those are making excuses for not stepping outside of your comfort zone. I think you already know what I'm talking about. But there are plenty of introverts, uh, online entrepreneurs that are introverts out there. Amy Porterfield, Tim Ferriss, Catherine Zanchina, Brandon Lucero, Seth Godin, who I had on the podcast. He's an introvert. There are a lot more than you realize. And so just because you see somebody who's super popular, Jasmine Starr is an introvert, who are popular or have all the followers or they're super engaging has nothing to do with introvert or extrovert. And so let's actually talk about that for a moment. The thing is, is the whole idea of introvert originated and really was inspired by the work of Carl Jung. And basically put it in, you know, being introversion involves a tendency to recharge your energy from your internal world with less stimulation, time spent alone, or less people, because being around a lot of people, being around a lot of external stimuli tends to drain introverts massively, okay? So, as a result, they tend to be really sensitive to their environments. So, this concept was originally derived and popularized by Carl Jung and then turned into an official personality type test with 16 different temperaments. 16 different types, excuse me, called the Myers-Briggs indicator. And there are two temperaments that all of these 16 types have of either introversion or extroversion. And like I said, somewhere in terms of like 70% of the population are extroverts. So we're living in an extroverted world. Now, the challenge becomes when you look to the dictionary, what happened, and I don't know how it happened, but this term introvert people started noticing common characteristics and qualities of introverts. And that then became the definition of introvert. In fact, if you go to the dictionary and look up what does introvert mean, it means a shy, reticent person. I've also seen an awkward recluse. Wow. Wow. That's awful. 
right? Think about that for a moment. And so, what happens is that what, what I want you to get is an introvert is, you know, this is a, you are or you're not, according to Myers-Briggs, based on where you drive your energy on primarily, okay? And so, you are, okay, you derive your energy more internally and being alone. Fantastic. You're an introvert. That has nothing to do with being shy, reticent, awkward, or recluse. Has nothing to do whatsoever. In fact, something like shyness, first of all, there are plenty of extroverts that are very shy, okay? There are people that have shy, that are shy at certain times in their life. Like maybe, maybe an extrovert that was very shy as a young child, but they're not anymore, right? Or maybe you were very outgoing as a child, and now you're shyer in certain circles and situations. Maybe you feel shy right now. But even if you say, yes, I'm a shy person, be mindful because now you're creating an identity, a belief about yourself. There are circumstances, scenarios, and contexts in your life when you're not shy. Are you shy with your spouse? Are you shy with your kids? Are you nervous around your kids? Right? Do you hold back? Talking to them, are you afraid of what they'll say or think of you? Probably not, right? So, shyness is a state. It's an emotional state that we are choosing, not doesn't feel like it, in certain contexts. But that's not who we are. And as an introvert, you don't have to choose shyness at all. That's one of the biggest reasons why when people meet me and know anything about Myers-Briggs, or they think they do, they cannot believe that I'm introverted because I'm not shy. I used to be. I totally used to be. But then I decided I don't want to be shy anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be shy. Now, I still don't talk a lot in other situations like around friends, around people at an event like where I'm at now. I won't talk very much. And I love not talking. I love being quiet. I love observing. I love just being silent. I love just letting other people do the talking. But that has nothing to do with shyness. Are you insecure about that silence? Do you feel awkward and uncomfortable because you don't have anything to say? Have you ever considered that an extrovert is just filling the silence because they're awkward and uncomfortable and don't like the silence? What if we can just learn to become comfortable with the silence? Be okay with not talking. And then when you do talk, you don't have to be shy. You know, that's one of the great things about an introvert is they'll tell you a very common thing is that an introvert only talks when there's something that needs to be said. And as a result, when that person talks, everyone listens. That's awesome. So that's a really important thing I want you to get here is that, yes, I'm an introvert. An introvert, labeling yourself as an introvert is an opportunity for you to understand yourself more. Know thyself to understand or inform you more, but it does not define you. If you let it limit you, you've already lost the game, okay? Now, I wanna go a little further with this because there is some like brain-based, cool nerdy stuff to really back up evidence that there is a difference between introverts and extroverts. So on a physiological level, there is a network of neurons that maybe you've heard before called the reticular activator system or the reticular activating system, the RAS. This is something that Tony Robbins talks about if you've ever been to his events. This is this whole thing that's responsible for regulating arousal levels between sleeping and awaking. So, the way he describes it is like when you buy a brand new car, you know, you buy like a whatever model car like a BMW, then all of a sudden or you say you want a BMW, all of a sudden you start seeing BMWs everywhere you go. And then the real question is, is were there always this many BMWs on the road or are you just noticing them now? We can also look at this as the powerful part of our subconscious mind that goes to work to bring forth to our conscious mind that which is important or relevant for us. Okay. So, it will also increase your arousal levels in order for you to be alert and ready to deal with danger. Okay. So, you know, PG arousal levels, okay? Um, so, there's a psychologist, Hans Eisnick, who 
has a theory around arousal levels as they correlate to introverts and extroverts. And he said that 15% of people have a minimal set point, which would mean they have naturally low arousal levels, like not very sensitive is one way to describe it. And then there's 15% of people who have a high set point, meaning that they tend to naturally be very more aroused, which is that more sensitive like highly sensitive. And then of course, the majority of the population lives somewhere in the middle of this continuum. So his theory basically points to the idea that, you know, we can measure this in the brain that introverts are simply more sensitive or more easily aroused by external stimuli in our environment. So it isn't just you know, like some fun personality type necessarily. They're basically noticing differences in the brain between an introvert and extrovert, which is always really fascinating to look at. So, I'm an introvert. Hi, I'm James Wedmore and I'm an introvert. And I want to say that I love it. I really love being an introvert. And I think that's the first thing here for each and every one of us as introverts is there's something really important about loving yourself and loving the idea of being an introvert. And so, we really are going to dive into some ways in which this is not a you know, a crutch. This isn't something to hold you back. This isn't a limitation. This is an advantage. This is an opportunity. You know, the funny thing is, is that as introverts, I noticed this long ago, as introverts, we can play extroverts. Because introverts are much more quiet and reserved and they listen, they also observe and they observe the patterns, behaviors, the tonality, the body language of an extrovert. And we can play extroverts. Like that's kind of a funny thing of how we see the world is we can see extroverts, especially once you have that distinction. When you didn't have that distinction, you're like, why am I not like them, right? That's what I was like. Then you see that you can be just like them when you want to. You can turn it on, right? However, this is what's really fun is that extroverts tend not to be able to do the opposite. In other words, they tend to not be able to see introverts they tend to just see us as if there's something wrong with us. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? We're like, you want to stay in, you want to read a book, you want to do absolutely nothing and someone else in your life can't understand for the life of you why that's what you would want to do. What's wrong? What's wrong? What did I do? (laughs) Is something the matter? They can't understand. Planet is extroverts, right? And so, most extroverts, again, I'm speaking in generalities, look at introverts as if there's something wrong with them. I mean, I don't know how many times people have asked me what I did over the weekend. I said, absolutely nothing. And you can tell they're like, oh, what's wrong? Were you sick? <laughs> like, what? No, I had the best weekend ever. I did absolutely nothing. It was a celebration, right? So, yeah, we live in an extroverted world, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our own unique advantages and strengths and opportunities that are available to us. And I really just, I think it helps to create this context of not that there's something wrong with you because you're an introvert, but that there's a reason that you are an introvert. Think about that for a moment. And there's a reason that you're drawn to the type of work that you're drawn to. Okay. So I want to talk about some of the things that I've struggled with being an introvert. Okay. You've heard these things and I've heard them for years that your network is equal to your net worth. And one of the first ways I began to interpret that is, you know, the the degree to how popular you are is how profitable you'll be. Oh, look at this little alliterations coming out today, James, you know, and then if you have a bigger net network, you know, more people, you make more money. And for a while, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not me. And most introverts, it's not. They don't carry a huge network. So, I really struggled with it. We all know the value of networking. I want to say that right now. Networking is extremely valuable no matter what you're doing. Key relationships, knowing people, is life-changing. And that's always the fun, interesting thing for me is where like when it comes to doing something that's networking related and not even directly networking, it's like, hey, we're all getting together and or hey, there's this event or this party or this thing. 
there's always the first inclination is, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. I just want to share that with you because I may not be alone in that. Not wanting to go to an event or the cocktail party after the event or the meetup or the whatever, right? Oh, it's kind of the last thing I want to do, especially if the numbers are bigger. It's like, it's one thing if it's like, it's like five or six and you know, three or four of the people there. Yeah. Like when you know everybody and then they're bringing one new person, you're like, oh yeah, that's great. That's fine. Right. It's like these bigger environments with people you don't know. And I'm just going to tell you my entire online business career, including now, that's still my initial reaction. I don't know. My initial disposition is this the last thing I want to do. However, logically, I know and you know too how valuable relationships can be in every area of your life, in business and just in friendship, for a support system, for new ideas. I cannot stress, we must, no matter how introverted we tell ourselves we are, we must acknowledge the importance of relationships. So how do we rectify this? Because I don't have the biggest network. Believe, believe me, right now, like here I am with this business and this reach and all the things that we do and the yada, yada, blah, blah, blahs. And I do not carry a big network. Like I look at my good friend, Mr. Lewis Howes. Now, Lewis and I really got our start in our business at the same time. And I've always loved you know, growing and working side by side with Lewis. We've been in business together in the past and watching his growth. And we have very, very different strengths. Completely like opposite. Complementary, if you will. He, as an extrovert, is a fantastic connector. He is a connector. He like knows everybody, right? And that's not my strength. And I'm okay with that. But that doesn't mean... I work in a silo alone. In fact, I can point to so many times in my life where big ideas or big opportunities resulted from a relationship. And so for us as introverts, it's not about, nope, I'm siloed, I'm alone. It's about quality over quantity. I believe that there's no introvert on the planet that wants complete isolation from human interaction. And if that's what you're feeling or experiencing, you probably wouldn't even be listening to this podcast because even listening to this podcast is giving you some sense of connection because you want to feel understood and you want to be heard by somebody that's similar to you. That's a form of connection. And so everyone wants connection. It's just what type of connection and how much connection. And what I chose in my life was quality over quantity. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean the quality of the person. It means the quality of the relationship. In other words, there's a lot of people out there that know everybody, but how well do they know everybody? How much of a relationship do they have with those people? And I've chosen to go deeper with fewer relationships in my life than just going broad and surface level. And that's really one of the advantages and opportunities as an introvert is for us to go deeper with few key relationships. Introverts tend to be the type of person that would really like take a bullet for somebody. You know, it's like, I don't have a lot of friends, but the friends I have, I, you know, I would die for them. And I love that. And it is a few key relationships that I've had over the years that I focus on and foster that are, you know, meaningful friends in my lives versus trying to get everybody to know me and me know everybody. That's how I look at networking. You don't need to know everybody. It's not about a popularity contest. It's not a contest on how many people you get to know. It's not about how fast you get to know all these people and cross them all off the list. It's about a few key deep relationships with people that can take you a long, long way. I mean, I look back to my starting days of online business and I would spend hours on Skype just talking and working, working and talking with, with peers and friends who were going through the same stuff. And I, even as an introvert, I needed that connection. I needed someone who was there in the trenches with me. And 
as I move along through my career, I can point out to so many examples of people that were there for me, people that supported me, that gave me some million dollar idea. And it's that one person, that one relationship that can transform your business. So I'm spending some time on this because if you're the type of person that when that networking opportunity presents itself and you're like, Ugh, you want to start to take note of how often you're saying no to those and how many times you are actually networking. And it would be nice to kind of get into some routine of it where it's you're going to have to muster up some willpower and step outside the comfort zone and to just like commit to doing it on a consistent basis. Even if you're like, I'm going to go to two events a year or I'm going to do one thing a quarter, whatever it is, it's consistent and you're committed to it and you're willing for those time periods to step outside the comfort zone, use the willpower and do it anyways. Here's the thing, 99% of the time when I said, when I did that, when I was like, ugh, I don't wanna do it, and I said, but I know I should, and I went ahead and did it, I never ended the night or the day and said, why did I do that? That's the funny thing, right? That's kind of like the introvert way where like we don't wanna do it, and then we do it, and we're like, you know what, I'm exhausted, but I'm really glad that that was really beneficial. So something to keep in mind there, okay? You wanna just take note of how often you're doing any type of proactive networking. And if it's been a while, you're gonna get value from it. So just do it and get into a consistent basis. But if you're always working, and we're gonna talk about this too, about setting boundaries and overworking and reaching burnout, you're not gonna have any willpower left and you're not gonna to wanna to do that because you're gonna be tired. And when we're tired, we need time alone. And that's the last thing you wanna do is be around people, right? So another thing when we look at extroverts, something that may intimidate us and something that I thought was like wrong for me for a long, long time was that seeing extroverts as connectors, right? That, that whole network. And I want to actually say that if you don't feel like that's you, like you're not the type of person that knows everybody and then connects everybody and all that stuff, you are a connector, but just a different type of connector. This really helped me. Introverts don't connect people as much as they connect ideas. And that's one of our advantages. And I guess I'm really only speaking to myself, but I see it in others as well all the time that are introverts, is how often we connect ideas. As an entrepreneur, that is one of the most valuable things that we can do. What do I mean by connecting ideas? Well, when you think about an extrovert or a connector type person, they meet person A, and they say, wow, you remind me of person B. Or I think you would like person B. Or person B has what you want. And then they take person A and they connect with person B. And then something like solution C happens, right? With ideas, it's a classic example I'll never forget that I learned long ago about the gentleman who invented the drive-thru. A gentleman was pulling up to a bank teller, and in the olden days, all banks had, apparently, this is like before my time, they had drive-thru bank tellers. And the guy pulled up, and he would deposit his checks in a drive-thru, right? Some of you guys have seen these. They still have them some places, right? I think. Uh, it's mostly all like drive-thru ATMs now. And... At the time, he's, he just thought, wow, wouldn't this be great if you could do this with your food? And that was like how the drive-thru got created. He took two unlike ideas, banking and food, <laughs> put them together. And you got the drive-thru fast food restaurant. I don't know who that was or whatever, but that whether, and even if that's true or not, is irrelevant. It's a fantastic example of connecting ideas, being an idea connector. In other words, when you're walking through an airport and you see a new kiosk or an advertising campaign for a credit card company or a suitcase, do you have the ability to say, ooh, I could use that in my business? When you take your dog to the little doggy hotel and you go through their experience of boarding your dog and keeping it safe in the hotel, 
can you look at their onboarding experience and what they offer and say, ooh, I could do something like this in my business. And that's something that I feel like I've been able to do very well. And that's kind of how I justify is like, I am a connector. I connect ideas. And today when I'm working with clients and students, that's a lot of the way that I work with them is I'm not necessarily connecting them with, here's other people you need to meet and here's, here's how you need to build your network is I'm connecting them with great ideas that I see for them that maybe they haven't noticed because they're unlike ideas, different industries, different, even just like different concepts in general. And I believe that is a possibility for us to be one of our strengths is the observance of noticing because introverts spend more of that time in the silence. And in that silence, we observe more, we listen more, we pay attention more. And so can we notice more in unlike things and then connect them together? And quite honestly, that's what entrepreneurs do. They create things that haven't been created. They see things that haven't been seen that no one else can see. And one way we can do that is just by putting together unlike things like, yeah, banking and fast food don't have anything to do with each other, but a drive through teller, put that on a restaurant, bada bing, bada boom, it might just work. And it did. So I think another thing I want to bring up is what can feel very daunting or intimidating or really like a burden or maybe just deflating in general is that when we tend to see extroverts, we tend to see somebody who's always go, go, go. They're kind of like the ready, fire, aim, right? Extroverts tend to, and again, I'm speaking in some generalities here, but they tend to do more. They tend to act more, take more action, and they don't get drained as easily necessarily as us. You know, they're not necessarily going to be drained or burned out or, you know, depleted of energy in a social environment. And so they can tend to do more. And sometimes we see them and they're traveling and they're speaking and it's like you're following their Instagram and you're like exhausted following them. Like, how do they keep up this lifestyle? I do that. I look at others like, how do they do that? And then I have to remind myself that first of all, number one, oh, they're an extrovert and I'm not and that's okay. And number two, I don't want that. That's a big one. Okay. Because what a lot of this is about is temperament. It's about what you want. And you doing what someone else is doing that you don't want to do isn't going to yield you the results you want. It's just going to lead to burnout and breakdown. And I want to talk about how I cope with this. Cope is not the right word, but how I dealt with this, seeing other entrepreneurs that just seem to be so busy. They're going, all these events, all this networking, all this speaking, all this stuff. And I don't do that. This is about becoming more strategic. This is about learning to become more efficient with your energy. If our energy is more sensitive, if we get drained more easily, we must learn to become smarter with our time, our effort and our energy. And I just wanna say that like the last 12 years has been me obsessing and hopefully mastering that realm for me. That's a lot of what business by design is, is how to be smarter and efficient with everything that you do, where you spend your time. Leverage, it's that idea of thinking smarter and working smarter versus just go, 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 push, push, push. This is also a big reason, and I've done many episodes on this, about how I scoff at the just hustle, hustle, hustle. That's mostly extroverts saying that. Gary Vaynerchuk is a great example. Who's, look, it's just someone who says like, just do it, just do it, just do it. Gary Vaynerchuk is a big extrovert, right? And saying that to someone who's more of an introvert is gonna be a hard message to receive. So I'm always looking for ways to leverage. I don't speak at as many as events, so I'm more strategic with what events I choose. I don't go to as many networking events, so I'm more strategic with which ones I choose to go to. I'm spending more time being present and mindful of what I say yes to, and more importantly, say no to. And that really leads to a whole thing about setting boundaries. I think as introverts, we really need to be willing to set boundaries. In other words, if you don't have alone time every week, whatever you call alone time, I'm just going to change it to recharge time. What are the specific tasks and activities outside of work that 
will allow you to recharge completely. Now, the good news is you probably do some things in work that re- that give you a sense of recharging too, like maybe writing or something creative. It's good to have that and spend as much of your time there, but it's also good to recharge completely outside of work. Otherwise, you're just going to complete you're going to use work as an escape. And I've done that before. That might be what some of you are doing. It's good to be focusing on work activities that recharge you. Like for me, absolutely. Writing is a great one and planning and strategy and mapping out and outlining and content creation. I enjoy those so much. But if I just did that all the time as my only release and escape of recharge, then I'm always working. And that's just going to lead to burnout and breakdown. So what things outside of work are we doing? in order to intentionally recharge, you know, and even just taking one full day off is going to be extremely important. But boundaries is also about saying no. It's about communicating to the ones in your life, letting them understand that you're an introvert because a lot of people don't just don't understand it if they're not one themselves. I'm very fortunate that my wife is also an introvert. She gets it more than anybody. When I finally met her, there was a huge sense of relief in my life. Because I had predominantly dated uh, extroverts in the past and they didn't really get it. And I really felt like I was always letting them down if I said, I'm just going to stay in tonight. Yeah, I felt bad. I felt guilty. And so I was either going reluctantly or reluctantly staying home. It wasn't really good. So to be able to have a conversation with significant others in our life, let them understand. You have other introvert friends in your life, they understand more than anybody, which is pretty awesome. And some of my closest friends are introverts and they really get it. But even Chelsea, my my wife knows that I still need alone time. And it's very important that we've communicated that because it doesn't mean that there is anything wrong, you know, that I want to be alone or need some time to myself, you know, where a lot of people, oh, what, what happened? What did I do? And it's like, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Like, this is just what I need. So setting those boundaries and it's really about saying no. I've made my life far more about saying no. Healthy no's. You know, I think there's a time in our life when we say yes, and there's a time in our life that we say no. And today in my life, and especially the past few years, especially, but I kind of wish for longer than that. It's about I've developed the discipline of saying no. And I would encourage you to do the same. It's not about doing all the things. See, that's kind of the big trap that everyone's falling into today is you see everybody and all the things they're doing on social media. And where do you left with this idea that you're not doing enough? And that will be the kiss of death for you as an introvert. If you personally try and do all the things, kiss of death. Because you can't, and that's not the point. But we see so many people doing, 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 doing. And they usually are more of an extroverted type. And then we say, how do we do that? And we we spend our whole our whole day trying to do all those things and it's not sustainable. Developing the discipline of no is so powerful. It's not about how many things you're doing. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about all the busyness. It's not about look at all the platforms I'm on, look at all the content I'm sharing. It's about one thing. It's about results. And as an introvert, when I talk about thinking smarter, being smarter, efficient, elegance. It's about getting the results that you want in your life and in your business with the least amount of work, action, and steps. One of the things that we can say no to right now is whatever the newest idea is. Oh, this is the new platform to be on. This is the new tool to be using. This is the new software. This is the new this. It's adorable watching people jump from platform to tool to shiny object to shiny object to shiny object to shiny object to shiny object. Look how busy they're staying, doing nothing, just moving around, feeling busy, giving them the sense of productivity. And that, as I've talked about in the past, is a very dangerous, addictive emotion to have. Feeling productive can blind you or serve as a um, really like a crutch distracting you from the truth. Like if I just stay busy, then I can keep my head down 
and ignore the facts. And as introverts, we really can't afford to do that because it's, it's just not sustainable. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I've been to burnout before and I don't want you guys to be there as well. Now with this slowing down a bit, saying no, the discipline of no and learning to become more efficient and being a little bit more strategic. And I know I'm speaking generally, we also realize that this has a shadow side in that we need to be mindful that this doesn't lead to inaction or overanalyzing. Ho, ho, ho. And finding that balance in your life is amazing too. I found myself overanalyzing and moving into inaction. So that's something to be careful with as well. Some other things that I've struggled with is uh, when you're overly sensitive. And again, I don't mean sensitive in just like the way most people mean it, which is like emotional and just crying, like unresilient. If someone said something negative to me, I don't, I don't go crying in a corner. And that's what the average person would say. Oh, that person's just really sensitive. Sensitive is more like tuned to the environment around them and easily overstimulated. When you are overly sensitive in that standpoint, we then tend to assume that others are as well. And when it comes to asking for help, connecting with others, we tend to hold back. We tend to not be the first one, the proactive one, because we assume they're overly sensitive and we don't want to bother them. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, well, I don't want to bother that person. I don't want to annoy them or they're probably really busy. And this is an invitation for you to recognize that and to be bold, especially when now that you know that the majority of people are extroverts, they're probably not as overly stimulated as you and they're more than happy to hear from you, right? So you're, you're okay with saying no when someone's coming to you and asking for something, hey, we want to do this thing tonight. It's like, no, I'm good. And to say that confidently and set your boundaries and know that it doesn't mean anything about them. And so now when it comes for you asking for things, be bold and realize that someone can set boundaries with you too and they can say no. And now you realize that it, a no to you doesn't need to mean anything. It may just mean that they need to set some boundaries and that it, you don't have to take it personally. But to already go into a future situation like, oh, this person's going to say no or they're not going to like it or I'm bothering them is not what we want to do. And I want you to recognize and notice how much you're doing that. Does that make sense? So going into conversation with or a request or reaching out to somebody and just I want to invite you to be more bold with that. Another thing that I think introverts can struggle with, and I know I struggled with, is managing. Managing, in my opinion, tends to be more of where an extrovert thrives. Managing people is where extroverts can thrive. And today in my business, I don't manage. I even let everybody know I don't manage. I have managers. I lead, but I don't manage. And there is a big, big difference. There's a big difference and there's an overlap. Managers have to be leaders as well, but the leader doesn't need to also manage. So it's almost like if I could use the example of Steve Jobs and how he was a leader and visionary for, I mean, not just Apple, but for like modern computing, but he probably wasn't a good manager because we've like seen the movies and heard all the stories of him like yelling at people and stuff. But other than that, he probably wasn't spending too much time managing people anyways, right? And so as an introvert, it really helped me to realize that I have strengths in leading and being the visionary of here's where we're going and why we're going. But on a day-to-day, more like project management basis, managing other people and their projects and deadlines, that is probably something that introverts are not going to be great at. Why? Because most introverts are self-driven and self-sufficient. They don't actually like to be managed so much. They're like, give me a deadline. Give me, tell me where to go, how to do it, the basis of how to do it and when it's due and I got this. And so most introverts don't really want to be managed, in my opinion, my experience, especially an introvert entrepreneur. So managing others as an introvert 
probably not going to come naturally to you. doesn't mean you can't do it. But I struggled with that, didn't enjoy it. That was the biggest thing. And that's what a lot of these are. It's not necessarily about weaknesses, my friends, but rather about tendencies and desires. And that was not something I like said I want to do <laughs> when I signed up for business. It's like manage people, right? And, you know, push them to their deadlines. So that's not really for me. Now let's talk about like one final thing. Let's talk about like being the face. This is speaking, being the influencer, content creation, and selling. If you think these are reserved for extroverts, you are dead wrong. Now, I don't speak on a lot of stages. I don't speak at a lot of events, but I have had no formal speaker training. I've never learned anything officially. I never did Toastmasters. I think I went to one session. I was like, this is boring, and I left. And I can speak. I wouldn't say I'm the most elegant or amazing speaker by any standpoint, but I speak on stage. So I can do it, which means if I can do it, you can do it. Speaking on stage has nothing to do with being an expert or an introvert. Also, for anybody who went to our last BBD Live, I had my good friend, Jasmine Starr, come and speak. And she's a big introvert. Uh, I told her afterwards, I was like, that was one of the best presentations I've ever witnessed. You are such a dynamic speaker. She's incredible. If you ever had the chance to see her speak, because she doesn't speak very much either, introvert. She's an incredible speaker and she's an introvert. So introversion, extroversion has nothing to do with things like being on the spotlight. However, introverts tend to not like the spotlight. Introverts tend to not like attention. And this may be something that you're struggling with not wanting attention. However, <laughs> if you have an online business as a thought leader, personal brand, etc., until you put yourself in the spotlight, this took me a while, of course, to realize myself, and show people that you're the thought leader, the expert, and the authority, no one's going to pay attention to you. So I'm going to share with you my thinking that I think is like, this is like, the magic secret ingredient. If you're in the introvert listening right now that wants this type of business, and that's the thing you've really been struggling with is I don't like promoting myself. I don't like talking about me. I don't like the camera on me. And we're not talking about a shyness and security necessarily. It's just like a, I don't want the attention because we address the shyness. That's, that's a state. You can choose a different state any moment. But now we're talking about this like inclination away from wanting it to be about the you show. That, my friend, will actually be one of your biggest secret weapons in this business. Because one of the mistakes, and now all the extroverts have tuned off so we can, we can get real, real for a moment. One of the most common mistakes I see extroverted personalities and personal brands making and they don't even realize it is they make it all about themselves it's the them show and while they're able to get initial traction and rise i see a lot of people struggle in the long term and the long game like follow through because the fact is people follow other people not for that person but for their own own reasons for themselves and when it's all about them the person on the stage that gets old after a while some of you have heard uh, i've mentioned uh, don miller and his story brand stuff before it's fantastic stuff because he i really it's near and dear to me because he talks about the the uh, hero's journey and the, the movie character arc and it's okay if you don't know what I'm talking about, but in it, he talks about the, the correlation between the hero's journey, classic film story arc and marketing. And in all stories, there is this character that we call the protagonist or the hero. And in majority of films, there is a guide, the old wise sage that bestows the wisdom that is required for the hero to accomplish his journey. The classic example, of course, is Star Wars with Luke 
being our hero, Mr. Skywalker, and then him meeting his guide, first Obi-Wan and then Yoda. You know, Obi-Wan and Yoda being these wise guides in these films. And most films have something to this effect. And so, what the mistake is that people are making is that they're trying to be the hero in their marketing. They're trying to show the world that I'm the Luke Skywalker. I'm the hero. Look at me. I'm the hero. And if you're the type of person that's saying, I really don't want the spotlight, you get to use that to your full advantage. That's a good thing because you get to make your customer the hero. You get to put your customer in the spotlight. Now, it comes with a caveat because your job first and foremost is you must be willing to convey authority. You must be willing to show people you know what you're talking about. Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Yoda had a reputation that preceded them. Oh, they're some of the greatest Jedi out there. They had the credentials, the credibility, the confidence, and the certainty. But their stories have passed. Their arc has been completed. And now it's the hero's turn. And I cannot tell you how important this is what I'm sharing with you. Because there was for a long time that whole, who am I to be doing this? And I'm this and I got to do that. And, and then it was battled with like, I don't really want to. I don't really want to be some like celebrity. Where you see a lot of people that that's what drives them to build a personal brand. And I made a decision long ago is, well, this isn't about me. It's about the people I can help. And if you observe closely with everything I do, as much as I possibly can, I make my community, my customers, my clients, and my students the hero of this amazing journey that we're on. It's not about me. It's about them. And as an introvert, especially someone dealing with all that, like not wanting to be in the spotlight, wow, not only did that work for me internally, but it works for the business too. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. Even when you come to one of our BBD live events, hopefully one day, someday, eventually, maybe as soon as next year, and you'll see it's a different type of event because we spotlight our students. It's not about me on stage for three days straight trying to impress you and show you how smart I am. Blah, blah, blah. Nope, not at all. And so my friend, I could go on and on having this conversation with you about what it's been like for me to be an introvert and building a big business, an online business, a personal brand business, the lessons I've learned, the things I've struggled with. And chances are, if you're still listening by the end of this, then you're also an introvert. And there's so much more I think I could share. But if there's anything I could leave you with, it's how I started this episode, which is just a reminder that being an introvert is an advantage. It's not better than, it's not worse than, it just has its own unique advantages and opportunities. And we have a choice and you'll have a choice here too, which is if we are an introvert, we can continue to look at ourselves as there might, there's something wrong with me. I'm less than, I'm not able to because I'm an introvert. And I did that for so long and I wouldn't really recommend anybody continuing to choose that choice. Or you could choose to see those secret hidden threats that you have being an introvert. Your ability to connect ideas, to listen, to observe, to make it about your audience because you care, to slow down, to get more strategic, to go deeper with something because you have more patience, deeper with your connections and your relationships. That there is a reason why you're an introvert and there's a reason why you're an introvert chosen to do this type of work. And now is the time to lean into those reasons, to lean into the unique advantages that you have as an introvert being an entrepreneur. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. It was really fun for me because I always love talking about these things and this Myers-Briggs stuff and the introvert stuff. I mean, I'm just, I'm just proud to call myself an introvert. And I know so many of my audience are, are introverts as well. And uh, 
And I just love it. I love, I'm proud to call myself an introvert. I love being an introvert and I hope you're falling in love with it too. So thank you so much for hanging out with me this week, for tuning into another episode. I'll see y'all here next time on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.